TV corner. Okay. Hi guys, welcome to a long overdue uh, Film Core TV Corner podcast. This week we're covering episodes one and two of HBO's new show, Lovecraft Country. Uh, with me I have Alex Kirschenbaum. Hello Armani, happy to be here. Okay, yeah, so there's been definitely a lot of buzz about this show, especially because it's coming from a, a newly crowned horror master, uh, Jordan Peele. Um, yeah, so really quick, just setting the scene. Um, at the start, we're thrown right into the pages of a pulp story being read by our protagonist, Atticus Freeman, played by Jonathan Majors, um, who some of you might recognize from The Last Black Man in San Francisco. This role is super different from his role in that movie, so it's definitely nice to see him, like, you know, working some range. Um, basically, he's on a cross-country bus trip to Chicago to look for his missing father, Montrose. Shout out to Montrose Beach. Um, but the trip is cut short when the bus breaks down and forces Atticus and the only other black passenger to walk the rest of the way when they are denied passage on the backup ride. So that just sort of sets the tone for like sort of, you know, when we're in this like segregated time in America where, you know, I mean, you can argue that still this is happening, but where blacks are not given, afforded the same rights as uh, our white counterparts. Atticus himself is actually a Korean War veteran which is a big point of contention for people uh, in, in his family, especially his father, who feels like, why should you fight for a country that doesn't fight for you? Which is a valid criticism in my book. Traveling to Chicago, he's going to meet his uncle, George, who's the owner of a Negro travel company. So this is a nod to the Green Book, which is what um, African-Americans would use to travel through questionable parts of the country and know where it was safe for them to like get gas, get food, lodging all those things because as we learn through the show um, sort of navigating this territory can be pretty dangerous especially with the impl implementation of things like uh, sundown towns and rules where blacks aren't allowed to be out after dark so that can obviously you know really mess up your road trip if you can't be driving past eight o'clock yeah so George being sort of a, a professional traveler agrees to help Atticus find his father in a place that they believe to be called Artem, which is sort of, it seems to be an ambiguous spot on the map within Lovecraft Country. They are joined by their Atticus's uh, life childhood friend, old friend, I can't remember the exact date, but uh, Leticia, she is an activist and photographer and sort of is a, a roaming spirit. That sounds like she's a, she's a ghost. Uh, she's <laughs> She's sort of like, you know, one of those, like, uh, what is the term you're looking for? And she like, just sort of, like, is always traveling around, spending money, bailing her friend, activist friends out of jail. Um, she didn't go to her own, mudding, her own mother's funeral. So she's just sort of, like, not really attached to any place and uh, was excited to go on this ride with Atticus and George. Yeah, and she's, like, getting, she's, like, hitching a ride with them to visit her brother and sort of covertly ask him for money yes yeah well that's the sort of what we understand from Letty's character played by Journey Smollett uh the sister of the infamous Jesse Smollett moving right along <laughs> I don't want to get into that story but yeah essentially she just is hitching rides to talk to her brother to get more money and to sort of you know 
what else is she going to do? Right. Um, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But on their journey, it isn't long until trouble finds them as they are following their uh, guidebook to a diner. The diner appears to be sort of outdated. Um, and it turns out that they ran the previous owner out of town. So now they aren't so welcoming to people of color. And they're basically chased out of the diner and saved by a mysterious silver car, which undoubtedly was going to play later in this series. Yeah, but I mean, it was pretty obvious that this was like, you know, one of those moments where like this character is going to show up later and it's probably not going to be good. And we do find out later that all these suspicions were confirmed. Right. Well, it turns out she's like his distant cousin. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they don't get to talk to her during this first interaction because they're just too happy to be getting away from these guys chasing them with shotguns and unfortunately that's when they get lost looking for the turn off for Artem and are being faced with the conflict of being out after dark after they are warned by the sheriff that that won't be tolerated right they're in a quote-unquote sundown town which was a thing that like I said before I don't think I knew about yeah and I think it's actually what just piggybacking on that it's super important that like HBO is really highlighting these sort of things within our history which I feel like do really get glossed over sort of just like minimized and how stressful it was to live like this and how sort of incessant um, the the bigotry was during this time I mean in speaking on as far as like educating people like a lot of people didn't really understand how horrible the the Tulsa massacre was until it was like shown on Watchmen so it is great that HBO is allowing a platform for us to keep educating people on these issues and like you know just reminding them of like this wasn't actually that long ago right and they're incorporating it into sort of fantasy action horror type shows you know, it makes you think even when you're watching a show that's ostensibly just for frivolous entertainment purposes. So it's cool that, like, it engages people at this level and educates people, even though it's also just sort of this fantastic entertainment with crazy Lovecraftian squid monster things. Yeah, exactly. And, it, I mean, on that as well, I mean, even the fact that they're sort of, like, co-opting the story um, from Howard Lovecraft, who was, you know, the series is named after... He was a great Pulp Fiction writer, um, and essentially he was also like a huge racist. So it's Atticus acknowledges this with George and saying like, you know, accepting the flaws of people and still like appreciating their work, which is definitely hard to do. And I think a lot of people argue against that simultaneously. I think there is merit in definitely acknowledging like artistic endeavors especially those that really have an uh an impact on pop culture like lovecraft's writing like a lot of other horror writers like stephen king um have pulled from him um obviously this show ha is directly named after him so you have to appreciate what he's done for the genre but it is also important to not forget his other like you know horrible values uh, and it's based on a, a novel, which I have not read, called Lovecraft Country by um, a guy named Matt Ruff that apparently tackles this exact content, too. So it's not... So the novel baked in the whole idea of sort of reclaiming this um, racist, bigots, 
-hmm. still intriguing mythology and and recontextualizing it in a way that kind of I don't know g gave uh, the people that this guy hated more say in the mythology he created. Which is it, yeah, I agree. It's like it's like a loaded thing. It's cool that that they address it and try to like free the the stories from the flaws of the creator but also yeah like uh we had a conversation about this before and and um you mentioned that it felt weird that like was no one else available why is it this guy you know it's definitely fair to acknowledge the creator of the cthulhu mythos but like did it need to be named after him i can't say i've read a lot of him i read um from beyond a short story and i've seen the movie from beyond a zillion times and i've seen reanimated the movie a zillion times but that's my only exposure to lovecraft prior to this Catching back up with our group um, as they are, are as they are apprehended um, after dark in this sundown town, they are unlawfully marched into the woods to be questioned by the deputies and the sheriff to be where they are then accused of a random string of robberies which they obviously had nothing to do with, and they are about to either be it seems to be murdered. Um, but then a monster begins attacking the group. Luckily, Atticus and George are well-versed in monster lore and able to figure out that these monsters are obviously vampires, and the key to their survival is to get back to the car, Woody, turn on the lights, and scare all the vampires away. They're like vampiric squid monsters or something. Yes. Because they have like, well, like eyes all over their bodies, and they're kind of like sluggish. Yeah, and then once one bites the the sheriff, he also turns into one of them. So sort of like that vampire-zombie transference of monster status. Yeah. So Letty runs to the car, manages to get it, bring it back. They set up a flare system, so they seem to be sort of like outsmarting the vampires and are on their way to wait them out till dawn when there's a mysterious whistle in the distance and all the monsters get called away. I mean, you know, so so far we, obviously someone's in control of them. And we don't know who. Cuts to the next scene. Bloody Letty, Atticus, and George manage to walk the rest of the way to Artem, to the Braithwaite house, where the, where the mysterious silver car that we saw earlier waits in the driveway. They are then greeted by a man at the door who says they've been waiting for them, which is, to me, always a sign to run. And they should have run. Since they've arrived to Artem, we know that the, part of the reason why they Montrose sent them here is because he was speaking of some sort of birthright. And we learn more about that as they spend more time in the Braithwaite house. In the penultimate moment, we find out that Atticus is a descendant of the former owner of the house, but not by consensual means. Essentially, um, there was a slave, Hannah, who managed to escape the original fire, who was pregnant with Atticus's, like, great, great relative. And this is why they were expecting him, is because everyone, all the Braithwites are part of a secret magical society, and they need Atticus for the Sons of Adam ceremony, which is to open a portal to Nirvana. Just as the gang figures out that their hosts have magical powers, they hatch a plan to escape with Atticus's missing father, Montrose. However, they're caught, and Atticus is forced to face his fate and participate in the ceremony. Right, and that's all pretty unclear, like in the episode. It's all it just to throw like a zillion things at you, and it's, it's condensed into this one hour-long episode instead of at least two episodes. They just throw all this information at you, you know, he, they need this last descendant of the Braithwaites um, 
to um, open a portal to give them some sort of superpowers, unclear. And uh, we know they've done it before, and it didn't work, and it burned down the estate last time um, that his the Atticus's like, great-great-grandmother uh, escaped from. And uh, now they're trying to do it again, but they think this time it's going to work for some reason, uh, where it didn't last time. <laughs> unclear why. <laughs> Yeah, I what I will say about this ep- the second episode, I feel like the first episode did a really good job of like sort of like setting the stage, but the second one definitely moved pretty quickly. It almost felt like a season finale. Right, and it's like it has it pays off a lot of like it, it like kills off some villains and stuff, and like it doesn't mean anything because it just introduced them, so like we don't care really. It doesn't feel like a win when the plan backfires. Like the ceremony, the ceremony backfires, and this causes the house to crumble, House of Usher style, um, thanks to the magic protection from Hannah, who was the escaped slave. Um, and unfortunately, not all of our heroes make it out of the situation alive. So my prediction after seeing episode one was that Uncle George was not going to make it because he had a very emotional send off with his wife. And uh, looks like I was right. That was like one of those things where. They kept focusing on, like, him and his wife. And, like, they had a phone call with him later. It was like, oh, man, I can't wait to do this when we get back. Like, you and I will do, like, a Green Book tour of the, the country together when I come back. Like, you know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to my life after this. Uh, I'm really going to slow down at work, et cetera, et cetera. Whenever, you know, like, a heroic older character says that, you know, that that's how you know they're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I As soon as they had that heart-to-heart, I was like, his days are numbered. And that's another thing they talk about, too, that he just throws villain things at you. But it turns out Uncle George might not be Uncle George. He might be Daddy George. Might be Daddy George. We find out that they, there's, like, a sequence where um, the Braithwaiths uh, put everybody under another hypnotic spell just to, like, fuck around with them before dinner. And, uh, like, Christina Braithwaite is sort of the main person, I guess. It's Abby Lee, the actress there. And, uh, again, she's Atticus's, like, very distant cousin. And so she puts them all under a spell. Atticus sees uh, a woman he killed during the Korean War in self-defense. Um, and then uh, Uncle George sees, I think it's Atticus's mom. And they talk about, like, they sort of covertly talk about their affair. Uh, and then it's reiterated they had an affair, um, maybe, uh, when uh, Uncle George lays almost dying talking to Montrose. Uh, Atticus's ostensible dad about the origins of Atticus and how like they're not sure whose kid he is yeah which I think is would be I think is definitely going to come up again it's I think it's going to be hit Atticus extra hard because not only is he losing who I think he already sort of considered Uncle George as more of like a father figure because his dad sort of seemed very absent and not like the best role model so to learn that this is like your actual dad is like going to be definitely double the blow that's one of those things, I don't know, it's like, it kind of reminds me of that Arrested Development subplot where um, uh, George's twin brother, um, Oscar, might actually be um, the youngest Bluth kid's secret dad, and it's like a meaningless subplot, like it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that what makes it more meaningless too is just sort of like, it's unclear where the show's going to go from here now. I mean, I saw the trailer for next week and it looks like each of these episodes are sort of going to be like self-contained for the most part like to one or two episodes so once we sort of like check off this monster genre we're going to be headed right into the next and it's like next week's going to be more of like a haunted ghost type of situation 
and it's going to be more Letty focused. So I do, I, my one criticism is like, I feel like there's just a lot of questions that we're going to have and I don't know how they're going to pay it off in a way that makes sense in the next episode. Yeah, I totally agree. It feels um like the first episode really, it felt like they had a lot of control of like the tone and um, the pace in a way that the second episode didn't. It felt more scatterbrained, but like they can still land a lot of the threads that they introduced. Um, but yeah, can we trust them to do that? Because they just threw a lot of stuff at us and it was a little confusing, but um, yeah, they could. it could go in some interesting directions. It's just a question of if it will or if it's going to keep world building with random stuff and then sort of like introducing a bunch of like plot threads and then resolving them quickly so that you don't really have a lot of investment in the story and then you're a bit like out of sorts trying to figure out what storylines matter which ones don't and, and all that stuff yeah. yeah i mean it definitely feels a little bit like uh american horror story-esque and the idea of like it being sort of like somewhat inconsequential camp elements but I, I think it's also too soon to tell. Like, I think seeing next week's episode is, like, where we're going to be able to see, like, how they cross genres and still tie in those threads across episodes. Any final predictions, thoughts, theories, feelings? Well, this this came up in conversation with um, my, my viewing buddies uh, for episode two, but... Um, Tony Goldwyn, weird casting choice for uh, Samuel Braithwaite, who's the uh, the leader of the Braithwaite Sons of Adam um, sort of Freemasons type evil yeah. cult group. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you watch Scandal, but I was like Fitz. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you watch Scandal, but I was like Fitz. I I know he's in it. Um, I just think of him as like the the duplicitous best friend in Ghost. Um, but yeah, he's also, he's like the president in Scandal, right? Yes, yeah. He's, a, he's great in that role. I think it was a little, I don't think we got enough time with him. Like, honestly. I think that's what it, what it chalks up to. Like, again, like, I feel like he was never really, never really given the chance to really be the full villain. So we knew that he was sort of like an antagonist, but it didn't feel like he did anything that threatening yet. I mean, I guess they, sh I guess they, when they apprehended them when they were escaping and they shot Letty. Maybe that was sort of it, but I really feel like we should have gotten another episode with them. Like they should have they should have cliff hung the Letty shooting to next week. I totally agree. I think that's where they should have split it off. We would have been mad we would have, we would have been a little mad. But I think that like that would have been a better pacing for the episode overall the episodes overall and would have given us more time to be like actually invested in the face-off that was occurring between the two parties. But, yeah, I mean, I... So that does worry me from, like, a writing standpoint, but, I mean, we're, it's only episode two. Right, and that's the thing, too, is, like, okay, so they have these amazing witch powers that sort of compelled them to stay, because basically what happens is the family escapes, they stop them with a witch barrier uh, invisible force field thing at, on a bridge, and then they shoot... Letty and Uncle George and they say you know we can heal them but you have to come with us Atticus and partake in this ceremony and then the ceremony again is to like achieve Nirvana but what what does that even mean like what do they get out of it they're already sort of pretty powerful wizard people like I don't really understand their exact like actionable intention I think it was along the lines of eternal youth 
Oh, okay. Okay, that's very Indiana Jones core, yeah. It was, again, too fast. I think we didn't have time to build the lore, so we didn't have time to understand what the ceremony was. I did like the effect of, like, you know, sort of, like, the grass and greenery coming through. It reminded me of that, um, the, um, afterlife in Westworld, but the valley of the great beyond, but I, it's still very obscure, like, what they're trying to get to. Yeah, so that's one of those things, too, where you think about the Indiana Jones comparison, and then, um, the main villain in Last Crusade, who's trying to get the Holy Grail and get eternal life, and he's, he's this evil, uh, American in cahoots with the Nazis, and, um, and he'll do whatever he can to get eternal life, and that's it. That's all he wants. Very simple, very streamlined goal. Um, and we find out that he's going to betray the Jones boys to, to achieve that goal. Like, and you get to know him pretty well over the course of this two-hour movie. And that's, I think that, that's all we need for Tony Goldwyn's character and his like, family. I, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see the daughter again. Christina. Christina. So like, maybe they'll develop that more. But yeah, it should have been more like movie length, where it's two episodes and they have like a cliffhanger with Letty getting shot, maybe even showing off with George getting shot too, and then cutting back to the estate and Atticus sort of getting ready to do this ceremony thing. And then we understand the stakes of the ceremony. Maybe we have some flashbacks and stuff, set up the Braithwaite family a little bit more, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I don't know. So it is, it's still developing and we'll see how they land it. Um, and I guess, so it's like the main people behind it are um, Jordan Peele, J.J. Abrams, um, and then Misha Green, who's credited with like development of the show. Um, she did a show called Underground for HBO that I haven't seen. And so it's interesting to see where they're going to go with it. I'm still like on board. I really like the first episode, this episode, not so much. But again, it depends on how they land it. So I'm definitely interested in like seeing the next one and like we'll just see where it goes from here. Yeah, uh, it's going to bug me if I don't get the name of the um, the guy that hires Indiana Jones into Indiana Jones and Les Crusades. Let's go through. Julian Glover playing Walter Donovan, evil American businessman who sends them out on the quest for the Holy Grail. But yeah, so like that was clearly the inspiration for this character. But like you really got a sense of him because they gave him two hours, like two hours to marinate. Yeah, we got we got fifteen minutes, <laughs> right? Yeah, you can't just do that. Like, take a lesson from Spielberg. Like, draw it out a little bit. It's all there. Like, it's a cool setup. So I I'm interested to read the book. I think kind of and see what um uh how that was tackled there. In the Matt Ruff novel. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Well, I'm looking forward to hopping on this next week. Thank you so much, Alex, and we'll see you guys for the next one. Thanks, Armani. See you guys next time. TV Corner.